You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Who has eyes to see and ears to hear? This is what we talked about last week, and we're going to immediately start with Luke 7, uh, verse 44. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss from the time I came in. She has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she has loved much, but he who is forgiven little... Loves little. Those who live, this is what we talked about last week. Those who live recognizing their need for Him daily and continually will have eyes to see and ears to hear Him. We never outgrow our need for Him. I've had this on my mind continuously for several weeks now that He goes before us, He is behind us, and He is all around us. We say that and we celebrate it, but it's one of those things as Christians that we say without giving any thought to. He goes before us. What does that mean? He has seen this day. He knows what it holds for me. And in this day and in the goodness of God going before me, He has anointed this day. He has established provision with all that I need to see me through it. Good and the bad. He is perfect in all of his ways and he is a good and perfect father and I'm telling you right now I'm talking to a lot of imperfect fathers and you're in good company we are not perfect as he is perfect but is there any one of us who would not have the opportunity to go before our children's day and establish goodness in it would we not go we would and he can and he does And He establishes goodness and He establishes all that we need in each and every day and it is a beautiful thing. But we will not see that which He has for us if we live today in this false reality that I have no need of Him. I'm good. Right? We we typically only run and turn to God when things start to get difficult, right? But He's not a vending machine with answers. He is the God the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same God that established you on the mountaintop and He is the same God that will see you through the valley. But if you do not engage with Him, if you do not live with a recognition of a need for Him each and every day, we miss Him. Because it is in that need. As we saw last week reading these scriptures, and this was just one example, it is in the recognition of need that we can see Him for who He is. And we can see Him as He is before us. As this woman did. She knew the recognition of need that she had to be forgiven for she had made a mess of her life. And she knew that she needed the Messiah. And then when he was before her, she withheld nothing from him. Withheld nothing from him. That is the goodness of God and that is what we are meant to experience each and every day. We need to recognize that at any point in our story, we have never saved ourselves from the wages of sin. Never have I, in my own power and by my own authority, saved myself from eternal damnation. There is only one that has done it. And his name is Jesus. And I need him each and every day. At any point, by your doing, 
Have you gained entry into the kingdom of heaven? No. Neither have I. You're in good company. And we need him. We never outgrow our need for him. Because it is by him that all good things flow. Amen? James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Our recognition of this, our belief of it, our recognition of need will release this work of God to those around us. I've been consumed with this word, yes. This last week, this last two weeks, I've, I've not been able to stop thinking of yes and what that means in the kingdom when we say yes and agree with God. Our yes, our yes changes this city. I need you to see that the power that you hold to say yes to God now, there is a community attached to your decision. I've been thinking about this day in and day out. Sarah and I have been having a conversation just about our kids and raising our kids and believing in the goodness of God over our kids and, and how to raise them and, and making sure we're putting them in situations where uh, the people around them are going are gonna to mentor them and love them the way that we would want them to do that. You know, that's just any parent. That's what you do. But I started thinking about it. And I started thinking about this reality that my disobedience and my obedience to God has lives attached to it, does it not? And so my children can be caught in the wake of someone's disobedience or someone's obedience. And that includes, especially includes me. My disobedience to God will affect them. My obedience to God will drastically transform them. Amen? Our yes to God, to say yes to Him now. There is a community outside church who is attached to your decision to say yes or no to Him. They will have the freedom that we receive or the freedom that we don't. Do you hear me? Our yes carries such a weight. I've been reflecting on this in Psalm 25 this week. If you'll go there. I just heard this in another sermon. The Lord is good like that. He will, he will press me and press me like, you need to listen to a sermon by this person. And I think it's just like, a, oh, I should probably listen to this. I think it's like an original idea, and then it never goes away, and it just nags at the back of my brain, and then it gets more specific the further along it goes. And so I finally listened to him, and I, I, I was listening to the sermon, and I was thinking, like, this is all really, really good, but I, what, why did you need me to listen to this? I don't understand this. I, I understood it, and I'm like, this is wonderful. This is, right, you never outgrow your need, and it doesn't matter how many times you've heard a, a passage taught, you can always have fresh and new revelation brought to you in that time. Amen? It's always good. And so listen to me. I wasn't like, come on, God, get to the point. I was enjoying it. He was feeding me. He was nourishing me. But I, I didn't understand why the urgency. And then this pastor in passing mentioned Psalm 25. And it struck me straight to my heart. And so I, I started reading it. And I understood very quickly, very quickly why he wanted me to read this passage. Psalm 25, verse 12. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall remain in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. A little breakdown of what that's saying. That, this is the ESV 
passage, I, 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 this is what I teach from. I teach from the ESV, English Standard Version. Um, there are times where I read it and I'm like, I don't like that translation. This is one of those times. It sounded like they were getting too fancy for their britches and they just missed the simplicity of what the Lord was saying. And in other, other translations, you can hear it. But what it's saying is that those who choose him, his path for them, those who choose these things, the things of God, the steps that he has for you to take, the path that he has anointed for you, those who say yes. Another translation is your soul will be prosperous and your descendants will inherit the land. How many of you know that obedience there is blessing tied for your life personally when you say yes to God and walk in obedience? Absolutely, there's blessing. But how many also know that my ceiling is meant to be my children's ground floor? And that's what it's saying. Your yes goes beyond your tiny little world. It not only blesses you, but your children will inherit the land from which this blessing was released. I've thought about this just because recently Sarah and I had the opportunity, a long, long prayer. I was 10 years old when I started praying this prayer to own land one day uh, that my kids could grow up on. I wanted horses. I, want, I wanted it. And I, I prayed in a deer blind, bored out of my mind. My grandfather snoring next to me, so we weren't shooting anything. We're, I'm just sitting there until he wakes up and decides it's too cold to go home. I've been too cold since we got there. And I remember just looking out at the glory of this place. It was my grandfather's property, and I thought, Lord, I want this. I want this. And the Lord just recently, in the last couple of years, led us to that. And I was thinking about that because Liam, Liam will remember the provision of this. Liam will remember the Lord blessing us with this. Eden will not. She just turned one, by the way, yesterday. Whoop. It's awesome. She's great, she's the coolest. But she will only know a day where she had land to set foot on. Land that was hers. Land that belonged to her. She doesn't know the journey. She didn't see the journey. She'll know the testimony of it because her parents will speak it and will tell of it often. But she will only know the provision of the promise in which she stands on. And that is where she will start her story is standing on the provision of a promise that the Lord gave a 10-year-old. Amen? That's what this passage is saying. Our yes to follow Him, though there's a journey ahead, though there's trials and tribulations, when we follow and we say yes and we stand firm in that yes and we walk in obedience, not only has it blessed us, because I am blessed beyond my wildest dreams, but my children will inherit the blessing. And they won't know a time before that. Amen? That's what it's talking about. Your decision to say yes here will have an impact on your life, but an even greater impact on your descendants. And why? Why does our yes now affect those yet to be? Turn with me to Genesis, being chapter 1. And we're going to read quite a bit, so you're just going to have to hang with me. We're going to start in verse 3. We're going to end verse 28. It's basically the creation of everything. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that light, and it was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, 
Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. And the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruits, trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, living stock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind, and God, and God saw that it was good. And then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. I wanted to read all of that passage because of all that it captures and all that it speaks to. And I want you... To see there was a trend as we, as we were reading it. God created day and night, right? First thing, created it. And after everything else he created, what did he mention? The day and night had continued, right? There was another day and another day and another day. And it illustrates and highlights the points that I'm trying to make here. When, when has God's creation ever ceased? I've said this many times before, but when has there ceased to be a day, and ceased to be a night. There is not. 
Since the Lord spoke it into existence, it never had a time limit. It is set within Him of when it will end. And it has continued to be created each and every day. The birds of the air, the creatures of the sea, the beasts of the land have continued to be created each and every day. The Lord has spoken us into existence, man after His own image. And how many of us continue to grow each and every day? I just, had, I just celebrated a one-year-old's birthday yesterday. A new creation. And the Lord continues to do this. We have brand new images of God in this building. These babies. And spring is approaching. This is the season of new life. It's a beautiful time here in West Texas. Because the dirt just blows harder. But there's tree branches and they've got leaves on them at least. But when He speaks, it never ceases. It is final when the Lord speaks. Amen. Isaiah 55, verse 10 says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but, the wa- but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. When he speaks, church, things change and the world is affected. Amen? So when we, his children, choose to partner with him, when we align our hearts with his, and we step into obedience, there is provision to see us through it. But not just us. Those around us. Because the people around us are affected by our decision to choose him or not. They are attached. Their lives are attached just as my children's lives are attached to my obedience or my disobedience. So are the people of Sundown, Texas attached to that which we choose to say yes to and that which we choose to say no to. Genesis 17. Uh Uh-oh. There we go. Verse 5 says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come to you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. This is the nature of God, church. We've talked many times before that my ceiling again is meant to be my children's ground floor. It is the nature of a child of God. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, it says... Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are made for an ever-increasing glory, are we not, church? We are made for an ever-increasing glory. And our kids are not meant to start over, but build upon our lives. Amen? 
This is the issue that we've seen for so long in the Christian church is that each generation after the next starts in the same place that the previous generation started in. They don't start where they ended. They start where they started. I do not want my children to start where I started. That is not the design of God for we are made for an ever-increasing glory. That means the glory that I get to ascend to before I go to be with Him face to face is to be the place in which they start their journey of glory. That they would increase and increase and increase at the things of the Father's heart. Just, it, this gets me excited. I love, I love learning. I love learning new things. I love learning how to do new things. I love learning new things about the world that we live in. And I get excited at the thought that my kids could discover areas of the Father's heart that I did not get to see myself on this earth. Not because I wasn't seeking. Not because I wasn't finding. But because I just simply ran out of time. And that they got to continue. And that when they come with me to heaven, they get to tell me of the things that I'm now witnessing that they discovered. What a journey. What a, what a joy that is. For too long, church, our children, the children of God, have been on a hamster wheel, running and running, but going nowhere. And if you want to know why that is, it's because we do not say yes and move forward. What was this command to the Israelites? Move forward. Stop sitting here and asking for more instruction, asking for me to pamper you. Just move forward. I've commanded you. Now go because you cannot see the blessing. You cannot see the provision standing where you're standing because it's over here. You have to move towards it. He wasn't going to part the sea till they were on the shore. He wanted them to see it and be blessed by it. To know the God that they served and the God that was looking out for them. They physically witnessed a nation that had held them in captivity for hundreds and hundreds of years be destroyed in an instant by their God. And they did not lift a finger against that nation. They just moved forward saying yes to God and where He was leading them. Amen? Amen. That is meant to be us. The Lord has entrusted to us, church, this city of sundown. And that is important. We live here. We get to live here. And it's a beautiful, I'm telling you right now, the Lord would have to drag me out of here kicking and screaming. I love it here. All of my friends that aren't from here hate it here and think it's the, the worst, like why would anyone live there? And I could say the same about their places, whatever. I love it here. Our heart is here. But I don't just live here. We have been set and anointed and appointed here. Sundown Texas has been given to us to steward as the children of God. This is the peace of the kingdom that He has entrusted us to. That this little part of, of the world, this place that most people within 30 miles of here don't know exists. I don't know how many times I have conversations with people and they're like, where am I sending this to? I'm like, sundown. They're like, what? At, what, like 5 o'clock? It's like, no, it's a place. You know where Leveland is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where Whiteface is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sundown's just south. What? Like, it's a real place. I'm not making it up. You can look it up on a map sometimes. Sometimes the map works. Sometimes it doesn't. 
It just depends on the day, right, Shorty? <laughs> Google doesn't always like sundown. But he has set us here. And there is no shortage of great and powerful and enormous and magnificent things that he has spoken over this little corner of nowhere. Amen? He has spoken great and wonderful things, but he has not just spoken them, he has set his people up in them to see these things come to fruition, to be stewards of this land and stewards of its people, that we would lead this community into the kingdom. We have been set here. You don't just live here. You have been assigned Sundown, Texas. When I say it like that, what begins to happen in you, you begin to take some ownership, right? It's not just a place that I live. It's a place that I've been given authority and anointed to minister to. You have been set over Sundown Church. He has called us. He has told us His plan, and He has asked us to trust Him, to say yes and move forward, to trust Him without borders. So many times, we as Christians will not move forward because we lack understanding. Okay? You may not like this part, but when will you ever have a fullness of understanding? You won't. You tell me right now, if you dedicated every breath to the study and ministry of God, would you ever find the end of Him? then you will never fully understand Him and what He's doing. You will only ever... When uh, any of you, just please show of hands, have been able to escape time. How many of us have been able to remove ourselves from time itself? From this day and night that has existed since the beginning of time, how many of us have removed ourselves from it? None of us. So that is to say that we see everything this close. And the Lord sees all of it because he holds it in this palm of his hand. And he's also in every ounce and fiber of it. But he is outside of it. So church, don't let a lack of understanding be what prevents you from saying yes and moving forward. Because I'm telling you right now, even in the midst of the provision and blessing of God and the move of God that he has spoken and told you about, he told he told them, he told Moses, stick out your staff and I will part the sea. He spoke it to him. He did it. But do you think Moses was like, boom, done, cool. I, I understand fully what's happening in front of me as a body of water is now a dry land. And it just walls. Like he just, I got it. Nailed it. This is easy. No. Do you think any one of those Israelites walking through were just like, this makes sense? Water's supposed to be vertical. No. When, even in the midst of blessing, do you think they had understanding? They had a cloud by day that shielded them and a pillar of fire by night. When was the last time you were led by a pillar of fire floating in the sky that talked to you? None of us. And they saw it every day and every night. But do you think that they had understanding of what they were seeing? Because it was beyond them. What they could understand is that God is good and He is for me. There is no doubt that as they walked through that parted sea, there is not a single person that could say that He is, he is not for me. Not a one of them could say that. Because He just wiped out in a moment an entire nation that sought to destroy them. And they didn't lift a finger. 
He was for them, not against them, and He is for us, not against us, church. And He has asked us to have trust without borders. That's what it looks like. Saying yes and moving forward, even though we lack a fullness of understanding. And the Lord, the Lord does not just want the blind leading the blind. He provides the understanding that we need. He's good. And He is a good and perfect Father, and He's a patient Father, but He will provide the understanding But so many of us, because we can't fully wrap our mind around it, as Christians, we stand still instead of move forward. And our yes, if you are standing still, I love this phrase, I hated it when I was a kid, I love it now that I'm a parent, but delayed obedience is what? Disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I do not want us to be a people of delayed obedience, church. Because again, as we've talked about time and time before, this day will never exist again. And I have an opportunity to praise Him uniquely in it and honor Him with my yes and with my breath and with my life. I have an opportunity to honor Him and establish the kingdom of heaven today like I couldn't do yesterday and like I won't be able to do tomorrow. Because today is 100% its own. And it will never exist again. These days do not repeat. How many of us have seen the first time the sun rose and the first time it set? None but one. We cannot see these days repeated and that is not the design and there is a unique blessing in it. The same God that led the Israelites to victory, that destroyed a nation that sought to destroy them, is the same God that speaks and guides us today, church. He, he has sent His Spirit. He has made us sons and daughters. He has opened all of heaven to us. And He has said that the yes that we say to Him is not meant to be blind, for we know His nature. So all He calls us into is for our good. Amen? There's not a thing that He will call you into that He does not have great and rich blessing for you. Your yes will bring blessing to your own story, but your children will inherit the land of it. Your children will inherit the blessing, and they will only know a time when that blessing existed in their story. So church, I'm challenging us today to be people who say yes. For not only will it bless you greatly, but your kids will inherit this land. Amen? And I want my kids to inherit things beyond my wildest dreams. And I want them to see that of God that I never imagined seeing myself. This is funny. I've just, this is just a disclaimer. We have, just before, we're about to do a little bit of worship. Can we do some more worship? Yeah, okay, great, good, good. We need that buffer. Um, we do have a business meeting after this. I'm not preaching on you about yeses. So I can get yeses out of you in a little bit. That is not the design. It just canceled naturally on its own. And then this was the word. And then as I finished it, I realized how this could look. Not what I'm doing. I promise. Shorty, it's not what I'm doing. Okay? It's not, it's not it. It's not, I'm not trying to just get your yes. I'm not trying to guilt you into saying it right now. Okay? That's not it. But I am asking you, church, to seek the Lord. And there are so many of you who He has spoken personal revelation of what your day is to look like, what, what He has for you in Sundown, Texas, please say yes. 
because it not only blesses you, but it blesses those around you and your children will inherit this land. Amen? Come on. Say yes and move forward, church. We are in this season where we must say yes. We must trust without borders and just move forward. Amen? Move forward. Allow Him to show you all that He has for you, all that He intends for you in this season. And say yes to it. And what a beautiful thing to say yes to, church. Let's just look at what He's really asked us to do. He's asked us to be a part of establishing the presence of God in every home and in every life in Sundown, Texas. What of that sounds bad? That sounds awesome. Can you imagine a city that was made up of sons and daughters of God who walked with the Spirit? Every person in it that walked with the Spirit of God? That's heaven, is it not? But what did Jesus do? He made a way for heaven to be here now. Amen? So, how easy is it then to say yes to bringing heaven here on earth now? That sounds like an easy yes to me, does it not? 